We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And today, excited to debut our new Sunday segment. I'm here as always with the, oh, I don't even, prodigious? Is that how that's pronounced? tie. Prodigious? I couldn't, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that or not. Rohan Kadi, Rohan, how's it going? I'm a little disappointed. That's the first hesitation we've ever had. Listen, halfway through the first cup of coffee, on daylight, the evil daylight savings time Sunday. I'm sorry. It's not my best work. But Rohan, tell the people about the new segment we're doing on Sundays, please. I can't handle this, apparently. Okay, so we are doing Buck Stock Radio. Mm. And what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be doing this as we do every Sunday, live on Locker Room, as we yes. do right now. And we are going to allow like the listeners to come up, get on the stage, be a speaker and just just give us your thoughts give us anything you want go on rants do whatever complain about the bucks just we're giving the fans a platform to you know get their thoughts out of about the milwaukee bucks as well as doing our normal uh trading on the buck stock market so we're combining yeah. that into buck stock radio which is a great name i will give you full credit for that ty that was entirely you I finally came up with a good name. It's been 10 years, but I did it. Um, I think the last one was when I made my name Ty in fourth grade. That's a story for another time. So basically, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kind of run through the stocks here um, and, instead of making it a whole show. And then we're going to transition to the talk radio part. And please, if you come up on stage, 
bonus points if you say first time, long time. It's like such a New York talk radio thing. I love it. I'm a big fan. But so for, I guess we should start here with a quick recap. Rohan, your portfolio, 129, me at 149. The big difference is I have a bunch of Giannis stock, which just keeps soaring. We're going to talk a lot about Giannis today. And you're still holding on to that bud stock, which really is like the only difference in our portfolios. Were it not for that bud stock, you'd be right there. And in terms of buying power, you get the normal 20 this week. I get 25, as much as this hurts me to say. And I think this is what I imagine our other big topic may be. You called White Dante for a short. He had a good week. I called Chris Middleton for a short. He did not have a good week. He started off at 17 and is now at 16. So I get an extra five in buying power this week. And I already teased. I think I have the perfect set of moves prepared. But uh, would you like me to go first and, and try to back up my smack talk? Or do you want to go first here? I'll, I'll let you go first here. All right. Um, so I'm going to start out with a sale. I am going to sell something. I'm going to move two shares of DJ Augustine. That might be the, the sneaky biggest news of the week. DJ Augustine, after being zero or negatives for several weeks, positive value, Rohan. DJ Augustine worth one per. I'm selling two shares for two to bring my uh, buying power to 27. But as I do that, I, I want to hear your thoughts on DJ Augustine this week. Yeah, so like you just mentioned, DJ Augustine actually in the positive. I feel like it's been sort of a quiet week in terms of the discourse around DJ Augustine, and that might be because he's not doing anything egregiously bad. Right. <laughs> not to say that he's been at, like he's been terrible or anything for the uh, previous part of the season before the All Star break, but just you had these deficiencies that you would notice. Uh, whether that be when he was coming off the bench, when it, whether that when he was starting in place of Drew Holiday, there were always these little things, these weaknesses that we could point out. Now he's just sort of playing within his means. He's he's doing what we envision DJ Augustine could do. He's being a good ball handler. He's not trying to do too much. He's not trying to dunk on people when he's like five two. It's just <laughs> it's it's what we expected from a backup point guard. I think the biggest thing for me is his, his trigger looks a little quicker on threes. Like he's, yes. I, I don't know if he's like just got inspired by watching his teammate Bryn Forbes or what, but I feel like he's letting him go. And I, I really like to see that. Okay. So I'm up to 27. Uh, I'm making two buys, one stock each and I'm done. One, I'm going deeper on Giannis. How could I not? This is surging. I want to talk about MVP candidacy for Giannis at some point and, and hear what people think about that. At this point in the season, I feel like this is a, such a weird year for MVP, but I got to keep buying in. I mean, I think like 78 out of my 100-something, uh, 149 is Giannis right now. I'm just going to increase the percentage. I'm going to be like 100% Giannis by the end of the season, but it's hard to make a case that it's not a great decision. And Maxwell in the chat nailed my second one. I have one Ooh, remaining. Yeah. I am going in on Mamadi Diakite stock. I'm getting in at the IPO of one. People are like the IPO, and I think I see Jeezy in the chat too. Jeezy's at the IPO, should be 25. We're not doing that. It's one, and I will take one for one. I got to figure out what the four letters are going to be. But uh, Rohan, did you see this coming? I will say I wanted to see this happen. Did I actually think it would? No, <laughs> just based on the Bucks' history of these sort of these sort of players, these intriguing prospects that are sort of they need an opportunity to really grow, and then they just they don't get it, and then they move on to other teams and flourish, right? So, yep. I was thinking, you know, 
I didn't want it to happen with Diakite, but I was assuming the same thing would happen, but it didn't. Yep. I mean, I mean, uh, it yeah, might. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> played seen once. Him for like he's played for like seven minutes. <laughs> but it was a glorious seven minutes. It was it was an amazing seven minutes. We had the entire team rooting for him to get his first NBA bucket, which he did. Like the Nassas could barely control himself when he was like <laughs> <laughs> setting himself up for a potential offensive rebound <laughs> off of this. He was just he was ecstatic. The entire team was ecstatic. This is what he got called up to do. It is. It is. Um, so that's my moves, Rohan. Um, no, Jeezy said, oh, my bad. Jeezy said 15, not 25. My bad for the ridiculous number, OG. Uh, he should have played, played last one. night. He the might, game was too maybe. close. Game was too damn close. That's the, They couldn't close out the Beale-less Wizards, but they'll have another chance tomorrow at least. Or or he should have played anyway. Uh, let's, you know, do, do your stocks, do your stocks before we get into it. I feel like there's so much, so many different directions we can go in this rotation. I can't wait to see what some of the folks think, but, uh, and Maxwell said it was only close because Diakite didn't play. You know what? Fair. That's what uh, I'm thinking. Yeah. You know what? I think he got a point. Okay. So I am going to make a sale first of all. All right. Yeah. And 20 before the sale. Yes. I'm going to sell my one share of Dante. Oh, so we're both divesting from Dante. Yes. Okay, so up to thirty to to spend. Why why are you selling Dante? Is it just is the Carson Wentz analogy I made just hitting too close to home, or it really is? It really is. It's just it's so volatile, so God, volatile. Crazy. We say we talk about this every week because I feel like every single week we talk about this. He has some sort of change. <laughs> he has there. the most different colors on his stock portfolio, like red, green, red, green. Like everybody else, it's like. You know, I think most players, I think, move in larger trends, right? Like a bad week, a good couple weeks, a quiet couple weeks. Dante is like aggressively up and down. Like he'll shoot up five and then drop two within like literally two weeks. Yeah, exactly. That's why I feel like I got to get out while I can in terms of it's, his It's value. GameStop. It's GameStop. You just don't know where it's going. Yes. So he actually went up this week. He went from nine to 10. I picked him as my short of the week, which did not pay off. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'm going to take the, take the 10 here and raise my buying power up to 30. There you go. All right. Who, who are you buying on? 10 Diakites? I thought about, I thought about <laughs> buying 26 Diakites. <laughs> I love it. I, I still might. Who knows? Okay. Uh, but no, I'm not going to. <laughs> I have I have 30 in buying power. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be boring. I'm gonna do the same thing you did. I'm gonna buy one share of Giannis. Right How now. can you not? How can you not? I mean, it's just like I think his decision making is what I am the most excited about currently with Giannis. It really is. Just the way he commands a game nowadays is just at another level than we've ever seen Giannis before. We talk relentlessly about how Giannis gets better every single year. He has gotten better every single year of his career. And while like his normal counting numbers wouldn't really say like, oh, he's gotten exponentially better this year compared to last year, he has gotten better because he controls a game now. He can dictate the course of a game rather than playing within a game, which he's like, not not to say that he's just like, you know, playing within his role or anything the past couple seasons, but now it's his game. He decides whether things are going to go really well for the Bucks or they're going to go really badly for the Bucks. Like take last night's game, for instance. No one else was really getting anything going, right? No. Chris was struggling. Drew was struggling. Just those are the two guys you really need to step up if 
you know, the team wants to, you know, be an insanely good team, a title contender, contend, like, you know, win a championship. So they're struggling. They're struggling against the Wizards <laughs> without Bradley Beal. So what does Giannis do? Giannis is like, what, what are we doing here? We're going we're gonna to win this game. And that's what he did. He went out there and won the game for Milwaukee. And that's the type of dominance that we haven't seen before. I think my favorite thing is like there was some criticism. I saw criticism circ- and mostly what's what's nice about my timeline is I know I follow enough good bucks people because I rarely see like I'll know if like the the quote unquote like NBA Twitter is like digging out or taking shots at Chris or Giannis or whatever. Not because I see those tweets, but because I see people dunking on those tweets. I'm like, oh, okay, that must be an anti Giannis thing. I've seen three of my followers quote tweet someone who I like have muted or don't follow, and they're all just like. Absolutely just savagely dismissing this person. I love that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I saw there was like an anti Giannis thing. And this was before he went on his little scoring run to end the second quarter, I think. But he had eight assists at that point. And like he was literally every good shot created by the Bucks in the first half felt like it was either Giannis scoring as he did to end the half. He still ends up with like 12 or 14 points and a half, which like feels like barely any for Giannis because he's so e- easily able to put up 30 plus. But he also had so many assists at halftime. And that's now two games in a row where, I mean, all the games since the break, I guess, where he has just been like methodically finding those open shooters. And I think like all, dating all the way back to last season and certainly before this season, we talked a lot about like that's one of the ways to break through this wall, right? Like if if you don't trust Giannis to become a 40% three-point shooter or whatever, which we really didn't, then find some other guys who are. Because the wall means, or the barrier, excuse me, Rohan, the barrier, the barrier means that, you know, other guys have to be open. You can't cover everybody on the court and form a barrier between Giannis and the rim. So, like, there was two real ways to beat it. And one was just Giannis becoming a knockdown shooter. And he's still trying, credit to him. But the other one that was a lot more easier was like, oh, here's Bryn Forbes on a minimum. Here's DJ Augustine. Here's Bobby Portis, who's been an incredible shooter. Like, let's get some more knockdown catch-and-shoot guys who, as soon as their man takes that extra step to deny Giannis, Giannis can find them. So that was half on the Bucks to get more of those players than they had had in years past. Like, they had Korver, but you really couldn't trust Korver to play big minutes. And that was half on Giannis to actually make the decisions because we've seen him get tunnel vision so often, and I feel like this season he's been better than ever at knowing exactly where the help is coming from and where that means the ball has to go. And that's a huge adjustment. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be a LeBron-level passer. Like, I think you either are or you aren't, and you just can't add that. That's like that uh, eyes in the back of your head and, and all over your body type stuff. But I do think him taking a step forward there, as we've seen, is massive toward the Bucks' postseason uh, chances. Yeah, it's just playmaking being taken to another level by Giannis is just – it's what this team really needed. It's what Giannis really needed, to be honest. Yeah. Because to be you, honest, I, there you go. Like you just <laughs> mentioned that when the barrier comes, it's just sort of, Oh no, what do I do now? Now he knows what to do. Like you just said, yeah. it's, it's that it, the, because now it's like, okay, what, what's your counter? If you're a, a opposing defense, what's your counter to that? You don't have like 10 guys on the court. What are you going to do? Just scramble everyone. And then that just leaves Giannis open again. Like you're, it's, it's really a pick your poison type thing. Do you want Giannis to pick you apart with his passing or with it or with his scoring? And now, like, previously, like, teams had chosen passing, and he hasn't really been able to, you know, beat them that way. Now he can. Now he can. Now the defense just has to be like, okay, how do we want to lose this matchup tonight? 
Yeah, and I also think he's become a lot more decisive with his first step when he is in that in-between post area where I think before he would just try to barrel over everybody, and that's where all those easy offensive fouls came from. And now I feel like he's doing much better. Like, if if there is a little space, if, it, if it's not a pass situation, he's, I feel like, getting around players and getting into the rim it's a lot more. It's more than yeah. brute strength. Yeah, the other teams only get eight guys as long as there's only three refs in games, so... <laughs> I had to, had to get that in there. All right, you got four. Who are you buying before we move on to the stock radio? So I'm going to make two purchases here. Okay. First one is going to be DJ Augustine. I will take oh, one DJ Augustine. Okay. I'm riding the high. I'm riding the high a little bit. Maybe he can produce. Maybe he'll just fall back into what he was. But I don't know. I feel like he's, he's a solid veteran who has a chance to improve. He's learning how to fit within this team. So might as well. Why not? I, I didn't it. have I, I didn't it. have any DJ Augustine, so I'll, I'll get in on that. Make the make the spreadsheet even bigger. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, and then you know what I have to do with my three. Uh, no, three don't tell me. What? What are you doing? I'm gonna buy three Diakites. Okay, I was worried you were gonna buy three horse. I was like, dude, you have an issue. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's a. I think that's a good call. <laughs> To be fair, John Horst might have to. You might have to get a down stock suit. Yeah, we uh, we should we should talk about this extension at some point. Um, but I mean, so I, I guess we well, it's it's quick because we don't have much more to say, right? Like, hopefully, it happens. It hasn't happened yet. That's not great. But there's also been a lot going on. I, I think that's that's what we said last time. I don't know. Do do you have an update to that? Not really. I feel like maybe once Drew gets back to his normal form, then they'll like get one taken yeah. care of. Yeah, it's just a complicated situation, I think, for for everyone. But I do, I still think it's going to get done one. He's going to stay one way or another. I'll say that. Yes, I believe that is the case as well. But John Horse, my guy, get get something done here. My my let's, portfolio. Let's make it happen. Something. Let's make it happen here. And three right. Diakites got got to do it. Just get, have I love to. that. I'm love riding that. the high. We'll see, man. We'll see. Hopefully, he gets to play more. Um, I think he but, might. Let's talk about it quick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, I don't know. He looked good. He did look. He looked a little lost at some points, but also he was, he was first game. You know, first game and yeah. playing against you know not a great lineup and not with a great lineup. But hey, man, Thanasis was out there. Come on, that's no. true. That's true. That's Elite true. Bucks have, role you player. Have, <laughs> you have to have one good player out there at all times. So we get the asses out there. We get Diakite, sort of, you know, he gets an assist right away, sort of gets some rebounds, plays some defense, has a block. Was, did he get credited with a block? No, I think did, I it, believe- didn't it end up a foul or no? Oh, it did. It did. It looked, like, it looked clean right. to me, but he, he picked up a foul on that. Yes. But it, it looked it looked good. Like he looked like he was in the right positions. It was fine. He hits a he hits a face up jumper, pulls a Bobby Portis on him. Just it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. It was, it was kind and of I a think, turnaround, wasn't it? Or was it a face-up? Like, I think it was a face-up. Okay. Yeah, just a face-up on the left baseline. So yeah. we get... Do we think that he should actually be playing meaningful minutes? I would like to give him a shot. I think you, I think it was kind of similar to Bobby Portis, how the team just looks different in his minutes, just because... I mean, obviously, it was, it was utter garbage time, but... Just a big guy who is athletic, you can just see how much it changes what the Bucks can do, right? I mean, this is something that, like, we've been kind of harping on, and now Twitter has done a great job of catching on to it and, like, 
people are sending me stuff that I didn't even necessarily realize it on a given night, but like all of the great bucks runs of the past few weeks, maybe almost a month have been, you know, Brooke Lopez is on the bench and they're able to switch everything and just not let any team shoot threes. Cause they're a bunch of long athletes and they take away all the good looks from three and suddenly nobody can score against the bucks. And again, like we've talked about kind of the duality of Bobby Portis. He's not a great defender individually, but He's athletic and and still tall and long, although people think he's not a center. It doesn't I don't want to get into that right now. It doesn't matter. But he can get out to the perimeter and take away threes. And I think Diakite is like it's the same thing as Bobby Portis, right? Like he's able to do all that stuff too. I mean, he's not 30 whatever with a ton of NBA miles and and you know it's huge, you know. Like Brooke Lopez is dense, right? Like Diakite and Bobby Portis a little springier. So I think in that sense, there's actually a lot of upside, even if he kind of doesn't know everything yet because he's a rookie, as you mentioned, because Bobby Portis doesn't know everything about defense yet either, and yet it still works because I think the Bucks have shown so far this season when they simplify things and just go almost on like instinct with some of this switching, to me, they look better than when they run you know, the, the stalwart drop in, in almost every circumstance. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying start him. But I would like to see him play minutes with like Giannis and one of Chris or Drew and just see what happens because I think it could actually work. Yeah, especially because they have kind of a softish schedule right now. Like mm-hmm. they have the Wizards again, they have Philly without Embiid, they have the Spurs, Pacers, Celtics, Knicks, and then you get to the Clippers and Lakers. And so that's not till like the end of March. So you have like a solid game stretch here where you're not playing like super, super great teams. So why not? Why not give it a shot? It, this is the perfect point in the season to do so because you're not really ramping towards the postseason or anything yet. So why not? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, should we do our shorts? Sure. Yes. Do you have one already? Uh, you go first. Oh man, I can't see. I feel like no matter which way I go, it's going to hurt me to do it. Like I think all the good short candidates right now are just like players that I'm like, you know, I think this guy is good, and I think. I enjoy them, but um, also on the other hand, like it's just there's a little too much. Um, I'm almost, oh man, like do I double up here and, and try to? You know what? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a short that I don't think is gonna pay off, but I'm hoping it's gonna serve as a reverse jinx to help the team. This is called okay, selflessness. I'm, I'm, I'm shorting. I'm shorting Chris again. Okay. I want to save the Chris combo till we get some listener calls. Cause I think that he's been on a lot of people's minds recently. Um, but I'm just, I'm going to short Chris again, twice in a row paid off last week. He, he dropped for the first time since game 32, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not loving what I'm seeing and I need him to snap out of it. So like, I totally hope I'm wrong here and I don't get the bonus next week and Chris looks great, but also I, it might, it might work again. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to go with an obscure short. Oh, are you ready I for like this? this. Is it I'm going to go with Jordan Wara. Oh, my goodness. Is he even going to play? That's what I'm thinking he might. Because he's do... off the injury report. He might get some oh. run. We're going W-O-R-A. I think that's the first time we've we've interacted with Wara stock. I think it is true. No, we, we did some buys early, I think. Did we buy did Jordan Wara? No, we did not. No, because the, too the price yeah, the price was so high by the time that we started doing this. And he had he was really not with the team since. So okay. Yeah, he's not on the injury report with his ankle injury. He might he might get some run. I don't know. I believe. Yeah. 
I, I don't, I don't it's, hate it. It's a weird, I'm trying something here. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not at all? It's, you know, I, I do think we'll eventually see one of these games where like a couple starters get the night off just because it's a long season, tightly compressed. And that's the kind of game where maybe it's this next Wizards game. Like Brad Beal got off the first one. Maybe the Bucks return the favor and, you know, sit some guys. Or maybe maybe they sit Brooke Lopez and it makes it even harder for Washington. Who knows? And then do you key take it the triple double like Russ did? Oh my goodness. Russell Westbrook looks so good in that game. He did. He really <laughs> All did. the Bucks. Um Yeah. Uh do you have any any other Wara notes or should we open it up here? Uh I don't think I have anything on Wara. Uh maybe let's see. We have the weird Tupan being back. Yeah. Let's anyone in the chat who wants to come up on stage request to speak now. Axel Tupan is it Tupan or Tupain? Doesn't Bucks Twitter do Tupan. this every four years when he comes around again? Yes, I was. I thought Shams was just honestly he accidentally tweeted something from his drafts. Yeah, when from that, like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, when that happened, it was just. It was, I don't. I whatever. I don't understand. I really don't. And so. So I, I've seen a lot of there's like conspiracy. Of course there is. There's conspiracy theories on Buck's Twitter. Um, do do what? What is your take on what's going on? Like I I think it's as simple as Miles Powell never got signed, and that's what's happening. But I have seen some folks be like, does this mean Diakite's on an NBA deal and all this? And I I don't think I don't think it's that deep. I just think Miles Powell never happened. That's weird though. It is weird. That's so weird. That's like that's not a thing that happens. Unless uh, you're like EJ Montgomery. That's a deep cut. Oh my god, yeah. So, so it clearly happens to the Bucks. I just I don't know. I don't I, I don't I, get I it. I genuinely don't know. Like why would they it was like what, a week ago? Yeah, it was just about exactly a week ago. And it's I looked back at the tweet, so Shams's wording was very specific. It was basically like the Bucks intend on planning. I don't know if he used both, but it was like our planning on signing. So it wasn't like ironclad firm and we never heard anything after that. I certainly don't like the Bucks never announced the deal and now they plan on signing Axel Tupon. So either something happened with Miles Powell, like, I mean, like clearly um, something happened with Jalen Adams to, to, you know, the ongoing, whatever legal case is happening there, but either something happened with Miles Powell or Milwaukee just like changed its mind and said, we actually don't need this small guard. Let's go with some, a guy with more size instead. I think Tupon did play quite well in the gobble from what I saw, but I think, did I say, is he 28 or 26? Like not exactly. 28. It's just like, you know, there's people. Just, in the, what are you doing? People in the replies. And I already asked him to come on Eurostep. Axel, if you're listening, come on Eurostep and defend yourself. But um, like, this, you know, oh, you know, they need a backup wing in this crazy season. It's like they already have three guys that everybody wants to play that never get minutes. So I don't think this is like uh, if he comes in, he's all of a sudden in the rotation. That would be the stupidest thing on earth. Like, actually, there's four guys who everyone wants to play and get no minutes. If you count Tory Craig, who is like roughly a similar build as as Tupan. And I guess maybe Axel's a better shooter. I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, Tory Craig's just better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't think there's. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way that uh, Sorry, Axel, Axel, if you are is, listening, but is going to be Craig, better than Tory Craig. I just, I don't understand. I really don't. And and like, wouldn't like you'd rather see like you know Jordan Wara, who's kind of a four, like a little small, but still like I think roughly you know close enough to Tupan to think that there's some overlap there. Like, you'd rather see him play. Certainly would rather see Diakite play. So it's like, 
I, I don't think this is like a we plan to use this guy move. I mean, how many minutes have the Bucks two ways in total played this year? Like ten? Did Jalen Adams get in like a couple games, I think? Yeah, he right? got in a couple games. So probably like twenty. Twenty total minutes and, and it's now we're supposed to think that this move is like Tupan's gonna come in and be like eleventh guy off the bench. I don't see it. I don't I don't get the point of doing this. Like these seem like good spots for a de- oh Jalen Adams played about fifteen minutes so yeah about twenty some minutes, um, yeah I don't know I don't I don't like it at all if that's not clear I don't I don't see the purpose of this I just want the Bucks to announce what they're doing yeah right yeah. like because they haven't even announced that they've waived Jalen Adams I, did they not do that even no I don't believe so let's let's go to the NBA.com roster and see what we can find out here oh boy. Sleuthing live on air. I'm gonna go to their transactions page. Oh yeah, yeah, good transactions page is a good call. See, like, I had, I don't, I don't understand this one. 2021 team roster. Um, I think it shows no second two way right now. I don't see Jalen Adams. Okay, so maybe they did. So they waived him. But they, I don't think they've made a move yet because there's no Axel and there's certainly no Miles Powell. So it looks like right now the spot is still open until whatever happens with it happens with it. Jordan War is listed at six eight. So yeah, basically the same dimensions as as Tupon. I don't think he's going to play. I mean, that's like the one position. This oh, they, did, ties into they the... did officially waive uh, Jalen Adams on March fifth. Okay, yeah. So that's what I thought. I they didn't, didn't tweet it or anything. They just put it on the transaction log. Yeah. So yeah, it's around then was the Miles Powell thing that just didn't happen, and now we have Bucks legend Axel Tupong coming back. Yeah, what was it, twenty seventeen that he was there? Yeah, it's honestly incredible that he hasn't played enough scattered minutes to be ineligible for a two way at this point. So I think true. if you have, you can have four more seasons. I guess he just has one, or yeah, one, two seasons. He has two seasons. He played with the Warriors. Not in the NBA. Not in the uh, not in, oh Santa Cruz, yeah or or maybe in camp. He's only logged NBA minutes. He played twenty one games with Denver in twenty fifteen sixteen, two That's games fun. with the Bucks, two games with the Pelicans, and that is his NBA career so far. <laughs> and now he's Milwaukee's second two way at age twenty eight. Uh, this reminds me of the Bo- Bonzi Colson, I think. That's oh, what a call two way. Um, which again, it's like nothing against Bonzi, who is like a, a good guy and you know a, a solid player uh, at that he level. Was solid at that level, yeah, he's certainly solid. Um, but it's like when you sign a two-way who is already twenty-four plus years old, you know, unless you like actually need him to play on your NBA team often, which the Bucks have literally pretty much never have two ways play regular minutes. I just don't see any upside at all. Like, why not grab someone who might develop? into a good player later on. Yeah. I like there's, there's a couple like miles Powell. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the Knicks were, I, I guess he's back still with Westchester now. I don't understand. I guess the gobble's over, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a weird, weird situation. I feel like so much of these two way and G league roster moves happen like under the table. It's shady. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just give us an, a, just give us an announcement or something. Hey everybody, we will get back to this episode of Bucks Stock Radio on the Eurostep Podcast in just a moment, but first, a word from our friends at Brooklinen. 
Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull the covers back over your head and go back to sleep, especially this morning as I record on the evil Daylight Savings Time Sunday. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why you do that. Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't do it, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. That's one year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. So go directly. Do not pass go. Go directly to brooklinen.com and use promo code EURO. Obviously, that is G-Y-R-O to get 25 bucks off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, get that free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And enter that promo code EURO to get $25 off. When you spend $100 or more and that free shipping, brooklinen.com and use promo code EURO at checkout. Okay, back to the show. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to talk about Chris or Giannis? Because I don't want to talk about the two ways anymore. Uh, we, can, we can do Chris. Let's do Chris. So remember earlier in the season when Maxwell asked, can you lose a second round pick for not announcing a two-way contract? We'll see. Given that it's the Bucks, probably. Um, yeah, they'll lose something. Yeah, the something's getting taken away from this. I guess their current two-way spot. Um, and also, so I, the other thing, I can't believe I, I have one last thing on this. So some people were speculating that the NBA finally uh, passed that rule to have a third two-way contract. 
did not they did not do that. I'm almost positive that never actually happened. It was just discussed. And I think like there were competitive balance worries, which is really weird. But the big two way change news is that they can play in the playoffs now and like log more minutes with the NBA team. So I don't think teams get three two ways at this point. I don't think that's a thing right now. Okay. Because I, I was I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird. There's been so many like two way news that's not news floated this year, both in terms of the Bucks individual players and in terms of like rule changes. But they haven't actually done very much to the for contract a topic yet. that's probably going to amount to nothing for most teams. <laughs> exactly. I just I love competitive balance concerns. Like the third two way is going to absolutely swing. Like the Lakers are going to add a top flight player with less than four years of experience who can't sign a normal deal, and it's stupid. All right. Chris Middleton, do you remember earlier in the season, Rohan, when I had a mind-blowing Chris Middleton stat, the good kind, and how fun that was? Yep. I now have one that's the bad kind. Chris Middleton splits month over month. And I know this is this is in our master doc, so you've seen this, but act surprised when I read them. Okay. Basically, my, our guy Chris, everyone knows we love Chris. Just trying to – I feel like a canary in the coal mine here on Chris Middleton this year over the last four months, basically has gotten worse in pretty much every area. Um, Here's the basic split. So from December to March, obviously March is only like four games, but there's definitely a troubling trend. So December, 22.6 points, 6.6 rebounds, 6.4 assists per game. Absolutely awesome. 50.6% from the field, 45% from three, and a true shooting percentage of 63.9. All NBA stuff. Absolutely looking terrific. January, 20.9 points, 6.4 rebounds, 5.6 assists. All down, but not not down a ton. Not, nothing too, too crazy to worry about. Shooting 51% from the field, 43% from three. True shooting of 63.2. So it's like, okay, a slight dip, but it's not that concerning. I mean, it's just, just gone down a little bit. February, ni- uh, 19.5 points, 5.6 rebounds, 5.7 assists. from the field, 42.6% from three. A true shooting now has dropped about five points to 58.9%. So now it's like he's still shooting well, especially from three, but the twos not falling to the same degree at all and pretty much production down across the board. The assist ticked up 0.1, but still way down from December when we saw, you know, aggressive, more point guardy Chris that we loved. And now in four games of March, 18.0 18.0 points, six rebounds. That's up a little bit, but five assists, 5.0, the lowest of any of any month so far this season for Chris. 42% from the field, 31.3% from three, a true shooting down to 57.8%. So clearly some more of those twos falling for that number to not drop like a rock considering the change in three-point percentage, but still it's not good. It's not good. I mean, basically from 26, six, six and a half, six and a half, with just unbelievable shooting numbers to 18, six and five on like eh, shooting numbers. I think the three point will go up 31% is very low for Chris, but it's not a great trend. No, it's really not. <laughs> it's, it's kind of bad if we're being yeah. completely honest here. Like it, this is not what this team needs at all, at all. <laughs> it's in, like December. Chris was just, otherworldly <laughs> that's why we were so high on how this team could perform because of how december chris was playing we were we were hyping him up saying like he's all nba he i said he's better than prime paul george yeah you did like, you did 
I remember, I think about that, that sentence all the time. At the time, at first I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. But then you won me over and he, he was playing so well at the time. And now I look back on it like, oh man, that one. Chris, uh, Chris did not do us any favors on our, on our take validity scale with that, with that one. That's one of my hotter ones, I will say. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, this is just who he is as a player. We have to accept that now. Like, What he, do you mean by have, this? He will have these stretches where he's just, he he's not as locked in. He's not as aggressive. He just fades in and out of games. That's just who he is. That's who he is. We have to accept that at this point. We've been wanting him for years to like, you know, show up at a high level on a consistent basis because we know he can. Maybe he's in his own head at this point because he's not really being aggressive when we know he can be in terms of what he wants to do, like get to his spots, take more shots. It's just, this is who he is. Yeah. And I think the the, the part I really don't like about the, the trend here, I would much rather see it in reverse and see him have some wishy-washy numbers while Drew was operating at full power. And then, like, the time while Drew is out, that's when I'd like to see a fall-off, right? Like, or, or, I'm sorry, when Drew is out, I'd like to see the, the best numbers. Because, like, there's touches to go around. It's not like the Bucks are humming at such an efficient level over the last two months that Chris has been able to take a back seat, no problem. The, the February and March has been the worst time of the season for this team. They've lost Drew or, or had, you know, kind of recovering from COVID Drew for a lot of those games in that span and you know, the assists are down and the points are down and the shooting efficiency isn't as good. And I guess, you know, you could, you could say, fine, if his shooting efficiency goes down without true holiday out there, that does make some sense, but you don't want to see all the other stuff go down too. like the bucks needed Chris to step up more than ever during this run. And he had some of his absolute worst games of the season. And we got back to this place, this horrible place, I still shudder about this, even though Giannis has signed long term now. Of like, this is the nightmare for the Bucks. It's like Giannis looks like an MVP, and nobody else on the team is even close. And he's putting up twenty eight, eight and eight, and the Bucks are like down by ten points, and you know they're plus eight with him and minus six hundred without him every night or whatever else. So I think that is uh, that's the the concern at this point, and it's like it's exactly what you don't want to see. I mean, I've said this for a while. But the one thing you don't want to see is it being the honest show with nobody else nearby. So I feel like this, you know, this inconsistency from Chris that I think you, I think you nailed it. Unfortunately, that is just what the Bucks are working with at this point. Kind of highlights the importance of Drew Holiday. No, it it really is. It comes back to what we've been talking about this season with why Drew Holiday is such a massive upgrade. Uh, it's because it gives you another person who's capable of creating their own shot and you trust to create their own shot at any level. And they honestly need that. Like what you were saying about the the nightmare situation where it's like Giannis is looking incredible and then the rest of the team doesn't perform. That was last night's game against the Wizards. Yeah. It really Until was. Until the very end, basically. Yeah. Because, like, am I wrong here? They were down to the Washington Wizards without Bradley Beal, and then Giannis had to step up for the Bucks to be in that game. No, I, you nailed it. And those are like my least favorite Bucks games because it's great to see Giannis playing well, but he shouldn't have to struggle and like work this hard for a team with this many plus players to beat the Wizards without Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant's out for the season. Like the, the Wizards are going through it this year. They got some nice wins over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, before yeah, the but like Westbrook was playing really well. Hashimura had a career night. Like credit to them, but still. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it shouldn't be this wizards. hard. It shouldn't be this hard at all. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I do think, and I'm not, I'm not going to rail on on Drew to the same extent, just because. I mean, he's still getting his legs back under him. Chris doesn't have anything like that, right? Like he's been in the lineup all year. Uh, he's just he's just been here, and uh, it's not been it's not been great. No, <laughs> hopefully, like there's still time for him to turn it around. There really is. If anything, this is the perfect time to have a bad run because it's the middle of the season. Like, who cares? Yeah. So as long as he gets back to it, like at the end of the season, playoff time, where we know he's capable, that's that's really what matters. I need to see. I need to see a great all-around playoff run. No more Orlando series from Chris. Um, that's yeah. what I want to see. This no no series off as we get we get Eric up here. I think maybe muted, maybe not. What's up, Eric? What's up, Ty? How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? What's on What's on your mind re- with regards to the Bucks right now? Um, well, obviously I think, I don't know what you guys have talked about. I was uh, actually running another show before this, but the, <laughs> uh, I, I was curious if you guys discussed the general idea of Russ getting a triple double, the reaction. I mean, it's kind of expected at this point, right? With Russ getting a triple double, Giannis getting a triple double. Everyone cares about Russ getting one, Giannis getting one. It's like, eh, it, it's kind of like a everyday thing when it's not. I was curious if you guys had that hmm. discussion yet. That's an interesting, Rohan. You, what, what are your thoughts? That's a, we haven't gone at it from that angle for sure. We just mentioned Russ, but it wasn't uh, the reaction of their triple doubles. I guess it, it is interesting. I'll, no, I'll let you take it first. Well, I mean, I just think I think the issue with like any Bucks discourse right now is everyone's going to be a little bit harsh just because. It's been such an up and down season, and the Bucks, I think, have have come close to the summit and failed in spectacular ways a few times. So I just feel like there's less applauding things like Giannis triple doubles lately. Although I think I heard this was the first time he'd ever had them in back to back games, so that's pretty sweet for Giannis. But I think Russ getting one felt so bad in part because it's like, I mean, this isn't MVP year MVP year Russ anymore. And the Bucks really should have been able to do a bit of a better job against him than letting him go off for what the hell did he have? Like a 30 point 42. triple double? He had 42 points? I'm pretty sure. Oh my. See, that's like, that is a problem. Like, he was the only real plus. I mean, I guess Rui is great in this game. Next, new Giannis Rui Hachimura had a really good game. But it's like, without Beal, Russ should not be able to score that much against the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, supposed to be a really good defensive team with great defensive players. And the guy just went off. I mean, you got to give, you got to tip your cap and just give Russ some credit for, for doing that. But I do think it looked way too easy for him and for Washington all night long. I wanted to see, honestly, Giannis defending him and just like letting him shoot every jumper. But uh, too I mean, often. He did, he did go five of 11 from three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. But that's 15 points. The guy added how many ever, I can't do math, but 27 points from yes. two and free throws. Mm hmm. Got to the free throw line nine times, hit five of them. Just, it's honestly, especially when you have Drew Holiday at the point of attack, like it's, it's just disappointing. Honestly, like I feel like maybe we're not giving Russ enough credit here. Probably, <laughs> we, probably. I think that that might be what it is because he's still like he's he's won an MVP. Like given he is like not MVP Russ, like you just mentioned, but still he's still a good player. 
Like he still I mean, can be a good player. I'll say I liked the trade when they made it. I thought it was a good trade when Washington got him because I thought he and Beal and Bertans, who has not shot well, but I think he's dealing with COVID stuff as well. Like I was like, all that spacing around Russ, this could be great. I mean, he was an All NBA player last year, so it probably is a little unfair to just you know go. Russ got all that. How could the Bucks let that happen? But on the other hand, I think they should have been able to key on him a lot better, considering. You know, no Beal. Also, he is used to being like at his peak form when he's the only guy. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. This is, this is his comfort there. zone. This is his comfort yeah. zone. So I think that may be part of it. It's just we tip your cap to Russell Westbrook in that regard. We should probably appreciate Giannis more, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Giannis getting it's like you mentioned, it's just sort of. It's sort of the fatigue, like regular season accomplishments by anyone on the Milwaukee Bucks and not going to be appreciated, whether that's fair or not. It's it's just not going to happen at this point because they've had two years of great regular season. Like, give, this is how fast things move in the NBA. They've had two good regular seasons and then two, like, playoff exits as an actual contender. And yet we're already at this point where it's like, okay, do something in the playoffs or we don't care sort of thing. It's a wild era these days, man. It is like they, they were two games away from the finals two years ago. Sometimes I think about like how, how different this team would be perceived if they were like in the eighties, right? Like how many playoff runs or even like the nineties, like how many playoff runs did like Reggie Miller and Pat Ewing get and they never won it and they didn't even go to the finals all that often. But it was like, they were, I feel like there was like, there was a different amount of respect for teams like that back in the day. You know what I mean? Like a couple of decades ago, like that's, that's going to come with time. You think so? You think, you know, even if they don't get, I don't know, man. I like, how do we look at Paul George's Pacers? I guess there's some respect there. There is respect there. They went, uh, they went toe to toe with the heat. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I hope so. I, I mean, I obviously I want the Bucks to win a title and put themselves in a different convo than Pat Ewing's Knicks and Reggie Miller and Paul George's Pacers. But I don't know. I do feel like back in the day, there was a little bit, I don't know, maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe talk radio back in the nineties, they were slandering all these guys who can say i can't i'm not that old but <laughs> i think it i think it'll come with time but also so. we, it's a different era it is it, i think it's there's a little more vicious i don't know i don't know people said some out-of-pocket things back in the day too <laughs> definitely definitely uh, eric do you feel like did we cover the question or did we miss the question uh, no i think that's that was good um i, I just noticed it because I, I was like man they, they somebody had posted a screenshot of because nba central tweeted out very similar tweets and i shouldn't care about this that much because we're used to it but i was yeah, like man you know russ gets a lot like he lost <laughs> why is that <laughs> we, like we care about it like it's his the narrative back in when he won the mvp was he that he averaged a triple double and that's that's why we should give it to him like that's what Michelle Beadle said. If you guys remember that, I don't, I don't know, but oh yeah, oh that remember was, that. yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, no, that, that pretty much covered it though. Eric, do you remember who you wanted to win MVP that year? I, I think I wanted Harden because I I enjoyed more so him having more success. I didn't think that was the reason you should give an MVP right. just because the numbers. Like that's they're scraping the barrel in the six seed. Like come on. That's where Jokic is right now. Right, right after I finish this, this that year MVP thing, I want to talk Giannis MVP. Eric, feel free to hang out and weigh in on that. But Rohan, do you remember? I think that was sixteen, seventeen. Do you remember who you wanted to win MVP? Oh, hundred percent. I had Kawhi. I had Kawhi too. Oh, we have that in common. Kawhi. That that is a great forgotten season for him and for that team. That's what did they win? Sixty-seven games that year. Yes. 
Because the Warriors broke the record, but the Spurs were so I, – I think they had a legit chance in that series before Zaza takes out Kawhi. Like, I think they had a shot to beat the Warriors. Oh, 100%. Zaza well, they changed 20? the course of history. They were up 20 when yeah. Kawhi goes out? What's Whatever – was that the second round, I think? Or was it that the was first? The, no, that it had to be the second, second round. round. Second round. That's crazy. That was a second round series, given how good those or things was were. was it the conference um, finals? Was it, it must yeah, have been conference be finals, conference. right? It had to be, Yeah. That was a oh man, that was a, a great season for Kawhi and the Spurs. Spurs, I, I feel like Pop after kind of celebrating the fact that he was washed a year, t- a year two years ago. Spurs look kind of good again. I don't want to do a whole Spurs thing right now, but um, I want to wrap with Giannis MVP, and I'm glad we're talking MVPs because I do feel like I, I've seen a little bit, especially even last night on Twitter. I think was it Josh Eberle yes. or someone who was like I think it was Josh, yeah, friend of the show, Dunks and Discourse. Check out his podcast. And check him out on Twitter, but basically said Giannis is having one of the great seasons for someone who's getting absolutely no MVP buzz. I actually think he's going to get himself back in the conversation here. I mean, you look at all the leading candidates are falling off for various reasons. Some unfortunate, like Joel Embiid gets diagnosed with COVID, comes back from that, or I think does, or at least test positive. I don't know if he had it or not. He was, but now he he, he hurts his someone who had testing yeah positive. okay yeah that's it that's it my bad my bad on that um i got that wrong but um now it looks like he hurt his knee a little bit um and and I, I, apparently it's not going to be that serious from the initial reports but still he's going to miss some time and it could slow him down a little bit for sure and certainly you know not celebrating that to be clear it sucks that joel Embiid. um i think it was a somewhat uh, rohan please check me on this but a hyper extended knee? knee that resulted in a bone bruise Okay, but the, the, I think the initial is that it's not going to keep him out for no, a long it's time, two which is to good. Three weeks. Now that's that's a long time for an MVP, and he's obviously you know you never know how rusty he's going to be coming back from that. LeBron, who I think was up there for a little while, has kind of fallen off even earlier. Like without Anthony Davis, I think everyone expected the Lakers to be just fine, and they've been they're four and six over the last ten games with only a slightly better record than the Bucks. So. I, I don't think his case looks that ironclad anymore. I mean, maybe he just gets it because he's LeBron and he's old, but I think there's a lot of momentum lost there. And Jokic, I mean, Eric, you mentioned the uh, the Thunder were only the sixth seed when Russ won, and that was an indictment on him. The Nuggets are still in sixth. I mean, they're only three games away from third because the West is insane, but it's like they're not dominating any teams. They're 7-3 and three over their last 10. They're rising a little bit. I think Jokic is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. But I don't know. Am I crazy for thinking Giannis is going to get himself at least top three with everything else going on around the league or no? I think he can definitely get top three. We have people in chat saying like three in a row is just crazy because of the voter fatigue. It's just that's got to be it. I do not think that he's going to win it. I really don't. No. Should he? Maybe. (laughs) I think he should be top three. I want to hear from Eric. Eric, what do you think on on Giannis MVP right now, um, given the state of the race? Yeah, I, I think comparatively, you start looking at where other teams are on the standings, as you mentioned, with the Nuggets being in the middle of the pack in the West. And I was talking about the comparison with Embiid, and they only have a two-game pad on the Bucks. I was talking about this a week ago before the second half started, and I was like, well, I think the Bucks would need at least a four to five or better game lead on either Philly or Brooklyn to warrant him being like – better than he was or you know like it's hard to say that at this point because he's so great and i i just don't know if he's yeah voter fatigue is a real thing like we see it 
Westbrook had the triple double season. He did it, I think, the next year, and then he wasn't even in the conversation. And <laughs> nobody cared but, at all. Everyone no. was like, "Okay, yeah, it's old news now." <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that with Giannis, they're like, "Oh, we've seen this twice. Yeah, do it in the playoffs." Like, if you don't have that playoff success to back it up, well, it is a regular season award. I think that does that, that it w- has some weight, and mm-hmm. especially with all the weird people who have votes. Yeah. Like, I hope they've. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, the Greg the guy. Andre Drummond oh guy? My yeah. <laughs> Andre Drummond, DPOI. Guys, he Sound leads the league side. in rebounds. What else is defense? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what I start to look at. I think the Bucks would need to finish first. I think they would need – like, it, he has to do something better or different, and that's hard to do even though you're, ma- you're maintaining such a high level of play. But, um, no, I, I think – it's going to be easier if Embiid's going to miss time, but if the Sixers are near the same record at the end of this, I think Embiid will get it. Or, I mean, there could be another, like like Jokic is going to be in it, obviously, if uh, Damian Lillard is in it for some reason. I think there's a case you could make for him if the Blazers are back up in the top four with given their injuries and all the stuff they've been through. Uh, but LeBron, you mentioned, I think is... It's funny with him. I think he's talked about, oh, I could average a, what was it, 50, 40, 90 or something <laughs> like that if I wanted to. And then he's hilarious, like, he man. Doesn't do it and then complains about, oh, there's no recognition. Like, like shut up. <laughs> Give me a break. I want to um, see LeBron shoot the... 40% from three if he wanted to. Right. Has he, he must have done it at least once, right? Or no? Potentially, like 20, no 2012, 2013 LeBron, when he was just God tier. I thought he had gotten close. He's gotten yeah, much like, better in his later years. I don't know if he's ever actually gotten to 40. No, he, not, I'm, no I'm you're lying. right. He, that was right. 40 oh. in 2012. Oh, let's go. <laughs> but he shot 75% from the free throw line. So not a, not a, not a 50 49. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's actually been farther away that way. He's never touched 80% in a season from free throw. And you know what's funny is everyone was complaining about Giannis missing free throws. Like LeBron has never gotten that flack, I, I don't think. And he's always been think, a 70 or under. Yeah, I, actually this year he's at 68.9%. Yeah, the past Surprising. three years. Yeah, he's not been not been great since becoming a Laker from uh, from free throw. That's in, I didn't I actually didn't notice that. That's interesting. I, the um, easy I think, argument there is he has the title to back it up. Oh, yeah. I, right. mean, I think that's, earlier that's in the, where the career, playoffs. I think, I think he got flack yeah. for everything. I think he got flack for everything before he he won. I do think I think Quay Wavy pointed it out first in the chat. Uh, of course, Skip drags him for everything, but Harden is the name we haven't mentioned. I think Harden is back in it. I do think the the case against Harden, it's uh, ultimately it's going to depend how much KD plays because I do think it's one of those like KD and Steph weren't going to win when they were on the same team just because they were both at such a wild level that like how do you give it to one of them right? Like how would you determine that? Katie has missed so much time. Harden has carried that team. And I don't think Kyrie had a great game against Boston. I think purely out of spite. I don't think he's going to play at enough of a level to where you say you can't give it to Harden. So like if the Nets finish first in the East and Katie misses a bunch of time or kind of they, they bring him back slowly, I think Harden probably has a chance right there. I do think it's funny that the Jazz are just not considered at all, despite being by record. And I think by point differential, the best team in the league by a, a healthy margin. I get it. I don't think they have a great candidate, but it is just kind of funny that no one is throwing out Rudy Gobert right now. That's okay. 
Nobody likes Rudy Gobert. Well, I mean, I guess the, would, it, would, it, would it even be Gobert? Would it be Donovan Mitchell? Would it be that's, Mike Conley? That's, that's exactly. their issue. I they think. don't have like a bona fide, yeah, the, just absolute superstar. It's the uh, the Bud Hawks thing, yes. right? Like, I, I their their MVP. It would just be like the 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 award is announced. The 2021 Jazz win MVP. Like their starting five wins MVP this year. That'd be the only. I think that'd be the only way it happens. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That that was a good point about uh, Kevin Durant is now he's missed half of the games this season after the second half started. He had played in 19, and they started at games 38, 39. If you're missing half the season, I think that's a Harden does have a case, especially when I think he doesn't have a timetable, and why rush him, right? I mean, he's yeah. already been through that Achilles injury that kept him out for, what, 18 months almost? Um, and so now he's, like, he's dealing with a hamstring right now. And they said earlier, yeah. like, oh, it'll be like three games. It's been like a month. Yeah. Which I mean, good for them. But I mean, just be honest, Brooklyn. And on the basketball reference they have is like latest update as of two days ago. It said he's making improvement, but no timetable has been announced and said he's slated to get more imaging done on his oh. hamstring. I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. So, yeah, he could definitely, if they're. That's the thing. Between the three, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, whoever finishes first has the better case. But even if, like, like I think Giannis and, like, the Bucks are going to need a pad. It, it can't be there a, a game better. It has to be at least four or five to make it significant, especially when you consider, like, Drew being out for 10 games, that stretch where they're, everyone was calling for Bud to be fired, all that stuff. Mm. Right? So, I mean, like, that's, you know. Big part yeah, of it. I think you made you've... Rohan. Can you see someone from the Suns? Maybe. Eh. Yeah, they're they're second in the West no, right now. No, I think Booker's clearly their best I player. I feel like they should be in the conversation necessarily because they've been playing so well. Like CP and Booker have just been incredible this entire season. Booker's sort of getting his footing with Chris Paul in the lineup because earlier in the season those two kind of struggled when they shared the court together. But I feel like now they're yeah. they're figuring it out. Really, I do want to say, Eric, I think you'd made a great point about record really being the uh, probably the deciding factor here in the East, at least. Because what's Embiid's case? It's record, <laughs> realistically, because he's putting up let's see, twenty nine point nine points, eleven rebounds, three assists. Like those those are Giannis numbers. And, yeah. and Joker's putting up way better numbers. Yeah, but Embiid also has like the elite defensive force as well. Yes, fair. But fair. that's well, let's just essentially honest. We can give Embiid most improved. That's fair, honestly. I feel like that's a that'd be a solid <laughs> that's idea. Compromise. Yeah, I, I have give not thought about that year. award at all. I was, I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to give Dante most improved like two weeks into the season. That one did not work out. I do wonder. Like, I think if any of the Clippers, Trailblazers, or Nuggets finish top two in the West, I could see their best guy winning it. I, I think. They're all sneakily pretty good candidates, whether it's Kawhi, Dame, or Jokic. And they're all, you know, very close to that. I think the Clippers are one game away from being tied for second right now. The Nuggets are one and a half, and the Blazers are or, or two and a half, and the Blazers are two games away from second. So, like, or three games, excuse me, three and three and a half. But it's like they're all very close to that upper echelon. So, like, if Dame stays this hot and they're second in the West or something, I think he might just win one because everyone likes Dame. And it's, I mean, he's obviously the best player on the team, right? There's none of that concern that there is with Utah or even with Brooklyn. It's like, okay, yeah, it's Dame. CJ's a fine player. Nurkic has barely played. 
I mean, who's their third best guy been this season? I guess Gary Trent or I don't even know. Mello. Um, so I think Dame up. is up there too. Shout out to Mello, man. Passing Hakeem. Everybody, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was wondering, like, Phoenix. You talk about – Yeah. Like, does Chris Paul have a, a legit – I think he has a case because of Phoenix being dismal for years and now he comes in and makes that team better. Like, I think if Phoenix is up there, he has a case. Not to necessarily win it, but, oh, man, I, I think you have to give him consideration. I consideration. mean – I don't think he's going to ever – I don't think we'll, we'll see an MVP for a long time. Right now, just under 16 points a game. I think he's been really, right. really good, but I think Booker would be the guy. And that's the issue with, with the Suns, right? It's kind of the, similar to the Jazz where it's like, who would actually win it on this team? I, I think Booker is their best player, but I do think Chris Paul's impact has been profound. I mean, mostly their team stays the same aside from, like, getting Jay Crowder in there. And all of a sudden – I mean, I think Bridges gets much better this year, but – you add Chris Paul and suddenly they're top two in the West at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think there's so many difficult cases. I do think there's going to be, I think it's going to be a close finish. Like, I don't think we're going to know without a doubt who the top two finishers are going to be until the last month of the season. Whereas last year in the last two years, really, it was like basically Giannis Harden or LeBron pretty much all year. I mean, there were some other guys who snuck in here or there, but most of the season we knew it was going to be one of those guys and probably was going to be Giannis for a lot of the year. This year, I would not put money down on anybody right now. Like, I think, especially with COVID and how much that could impact this thing, like, there's so many random runs that we're going to see happen for the next 35-ish games. I think it could go, like, legit five different directions at least. Yeah, fair. We got Q Wavy in the chat saying Nash won it twice with the same kind of stats as Chris Paul. I just, I feel like it's a, it's a different era. It really is, you, especially in the inflated offensive sort of production numbers you have uh, nowadays. 16 points, like like you said, Ty, just an insanely massive impact. He just doesn't have the counting stats. It's just impossible. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be an interesting race, but I do think – I don't think Giannis wins. I think – I don't trust the Bucks to be good enough over the last stretch. I, I do agree with Eric. They'd have to go on like a wild winning streak, I think, to – actually win it like I think they'd have to have the best record probably in the whole NBA not just in the east I think they'd have to have the best record in the NBA and I I think I think Brooklyn is probably going to be positioned to have the best MVP candidate I saw um, Brian Bucks film room um, said if MB returns in close to two weeks I think he'll win I think he'll have a chance I think if either Brooklyn I guess if Brooklyn Philly or Milwaukee like dominates the east for the rest of the, the season and comes out on top I think maybe anyone, or not anyone, maybe it would be Embiid, Harden, or Giannis. I think Giannis, probably the worst chance just because of voter fatigue. I think a lot of things would, I think there'd have to be like 15 different things that happen for Giannis to win. But I think like Embiid or Harden, it's like if their team wins a lot and they stay at their level of play, it could be them. I think like five different guys out West could win it depending how the season ends up. But if Utah and Phoenix stay on top of the conference, I do think the team in the driver's seat in the East suddenly has a great chance. I think if everyone is sort of close-ish, I think it'll, I think it'll go to LeBron. Honestly, there's there's definitely a mm. push for him to win it this year, especially among people who have votes and decide these things. So it's just, I think he's gonna get one. I think he's gonna get another one. It from the uh, I don't watch games, I read tweets. Population of voters. yeah, sort of. Plus, it's like. <laughs> Oh, he's proven in the playoffs again that he's the best player. Okay, sure, whatever. It's not a postseason award. Like, 
I'm not I'm not saying it's deserving. And sure, like if if LeBron wins it, I will not really have a problem with it because the league and he has proven nope. it. So I, I wouldn't yeah. really have a problem realistically with it. I think they would be more deserving candidates. But I wouldn't necessarily I think Anthony Davis looks more deserving right now. A team can't there win games go. without but him. But <laughs> I I think I think if it's really close between a bunch of different candidates, I think it defaults to LeBron. Not saying I agree with it. That's I think that's what will happen. I got to say, I think I'm pulling for Jokic or Embiid. I would like to see one of the big guys win. I, I, if it's not Giannis, I just don't think it's going to be Giannis. Um, Kawhi I was going to say, if it's not Giannis. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, Giannis first is my first <laughs> preference, but... I would also like Dame. I think some of these first-time guys would just be fun to, to watch them get it. This was how I felt about um, Randall, Julius Randall getting all-star. I was like, hell yeah, like, let's see Julius Randall be an all-star. I think that's neat to see um, a, a new player win it. We get Giannis hitting a three and crowning himself in the chat. One of my favorite gifts of all time, honestly. I love that <laughs> stat. But I do agree Harden has a legit case. I think – is he the leader in the clubhouse right now? Probably. Harden? I think, like, right now, no. at this very moment, who has a better case? I don't think so. I guess Embiid? I'd, I would say Embiid right yeah. now. I'd say I'd say Jokic has a better case, because you do have to include the Houston debacle, as Keith said. Yeah. I don't I think people have forgotten about I'd, it. Brooklyn's no. just fun. No. Yeah? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, but what else? What other Bucks stuff should we talk about? Who else wants to hear a new Bucks topic? Eric, do you have another question or anything else that you've been thinking about? We already went deep on Chris and Giannis. Have you discussed any trades? Any potential trades you wanted to look at? I actually have not. We did. We did the trade episode last week. Rohan, have okay. you seen anything new? Anyone in the chat? If you want to weigh in on a trade, I know there's still so much PJ Tucker smoke. I'm so tired of people hating on me for not wanting them to trade for PJ Tucker. I don't know. How many different ways I can phrase he's washed? Um, but <laughs> oh, we got it. We got it. Okay, Maxwell says discuss the Delon Wright trade from the Discord. I'll pull that up right now. But Rohan, do you have anything else in the meantime that you've been thinking about? I said this on Twitter. I don't. It's not really feasible. But something I would maybe want or talk myself into is a Demar Derozan trade. I don't know why I've been thinking. Oh, I would love I've a been thinking about that trade. a little. It's I can't really make it work in a realistic standpoint and been playing around on the trade machine. It doesn't, it doesn't work super well. I don't know. I feel like that would, that'd be a great addition in shore of the two start two spot. He's been playing really well this season. I doubt San Antonio would actually trade him if they're just doing it just to trade him. So he was like, he's nearly an all-star this season in the West. I, I don't know. I've, it would be a, it would be a great trade. It's just not really feasible, but that's, that's one name that's been on my mind. I wish it was feasible. I wish they wanted to get rid of him and not LaMarcus, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no LaMarcus either. No. No, definitely not in trade. I mean, if if he's the vile guy, fine. Like, there's, It's really like a no-risk move, but definitely do not want to trade 20-plus million in salary for, you know, offensively inclined, but the same stage of their career, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ty, I completely agree with you that P.J. Tucker would be useless and unplayable. At, at times in the playoffs, like we already have essentially what he does in Tory Craig and he doesn't. Play. Yes. So and that's, like that's, that's also very true. So it doesn't make any sense. And the Rockets are not going to want DJ Wilson as a, like that, that wouldn't make any sense for them. I, I don't know unless they see something we don't. 
<laughs> well, you have to move real savvy for him, which is the real issue, right? right. Like you you have right. to either it's Brooke Lopez, who I mean, honestly, like I don't think PJ is going to help that much more than if at all more than Brooke Lopez. And again, you're going to have to attach picks. It's not like Houston is like, oh, we really need a big center who's getting paid for three years as we tear down the roster and tank. Like he's not appealing to them at all or multiple players. I, I don't see it working. So here's the DeLon Wright trade. DeLon Wright from the Pistons, who, again, another one of those teams where it's like they're just going to take what they can get for anyone they don't see as a core piece. And I think DeLon Wright is like 28, so probably not a core piece. I'm pretty sure he is 28. So DeLon Wright for the two DJs, DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, and tw- second-round picks in 2023 and 2024. I don't know if they have both of those. This is trade NBA. I don't know if they updated the one that got stolen from the Bucks, but by the corrupt NBA, but I know they have at least two second round picks. So we can, uh, we can certainly assume that they can trade two seconds for, and those two players for DeLon Wright. So you open up a roster spot. You also open up 2.2 million in space. So you could certainly sign, I think two more players right away at that point. Uh, or at least you could sign one and then sign another one around where they could now. Uh, Rohan, you first, what do you think about DeLon Wright for the two DJs and two second round picks? I think it would be fine. I feel like that might be a little too much to really give up for potentially a lateral move <laughs> in that yeah. DJA has actually started to produce again, like we talked about earlier. And DeLon Wright, like, is, he's not like an insanely massive upgrade. I think he would be really good on this team. I just think that might be giving up a little too much as currently constructed for, like I said, what might end up being a lateral move. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. They're so cap-strapped right now. It seems like they it would be difficult to do anything unless you do part ways with Brooke, and I'm not sure. I, I don't see Brooke making it the full contract that he has, but I, I think he gets through this season at least. Because we've seen – I know he's been slower than usual, but he's always been slow. I've made the case that this isn't anything very – You know, I know he's declined a little bit, but I, I think he's still – We've seen spurts where all of a sudden he will have a four or five block game like we saw just a couple days ago. And, yeah, I know there's been people saying he's bullied by smaller guys or other bigs. Like last night, we saw it a few times with Alex Len, I think. And it was, you know, it's hoping it works itself out because I like Brooke and I think he's been better, especially from three this year. Like when the last year was uh, like he fell off down close to 30 percent, I think. Yeah. But I, I don't see them doing anything, or I, they don't have the capabilities to do stuff unless they want to part ways with someone of other value like Dante, which I don't think they're willing to part ways with yet. I mean, I guess you could see Augustine, but as you know, you guys just said he's been playing better as of late, and I think that you know there's a lot of value to his dis- distribution that other people seem to ignore or choose not to recognize i don't know what you want to attribute that to but no i think it's i'm not sure they'll be very loud or noisy come 11 days i hope they do i think my my difference with you on brook is i do think offensively he's not been bad i think he's been better than last season i think the the but the half or the half or full step he lost on defense just feels so impactful like he's still big and he's still slow overall like you know as compared to every other player on the roster he's still like the bigger slower guy but I do think the the step that he lost is just killing him, like in trying to recover and deflect shots. So he did have the great game, the first game back from the break. I thought he looked awesome. It was very encouraging. You know, last night, 
it didn't love it. Uh, we'll see going forward. Like to, I would like to see it resolve itself. I'm a little worried. I think they should look at different. I mean, that's that's really the the one redeeming part of the PJ Tucker thing. And and Brian chimed in and said he could he can guard bigger guys. Where Tory Craig, we haven't seen as much of that. That's fair. And I do think instead of going for a center, maybe the Bucks should go for a better stretch four. Like that's why I was in love with the Otto Porter move, which I don't think is happening, but would be awesome. Here's the case for Delon Wright and making this trade for Delon Wright. Basically, what you're doing is trying to upgrade from DJ Augustine and probably get off the three-year DJ Augustine contract based on uh, his size and how he's looked. So first point for DeLon Wright is he's bigger. Uh, he's listed at 6'5", and actually technically as a shooting guard, although he would certainly, I think, slot in at the DJ Augustine role on the Bucks. He's younger than DJ Augustine. You know, he's about to turn 29, so still kind of in the mid-prime. He's a good shooter. This year, actually, I'm a little, this is why I'm a little worried. It's actually his best three-point shooting season. He's at 39% on just two and a half per game. But he's also consistently shot 50-plus percent from two, and he's averaging 10 points, just under four assists, and four and a half rebounds. So, like, and uh, and 1.4 steals, which isn't bad for his uh, 29 minutes. Basically been a starter in Detroit. Would not be that with the Bucks. I do kind of think that DeLon Wright is what I hope DJ Augustine would be for the Bucks. So, course correcting from DJ Augustine, who, you know, has shown some flashes. I don't disagree. Overall has been, I, I would say, very disappointing based on what I'd hoped for as like a, an elite backup point guard, given that he was a starter for so long. I, I'm a little worried DeLon Wright's shooting wouldn't hold up. I think that's my biggest concern, but I do see a lot of upside. I think I would like this trade if they made it. Yeah, I can't really argue with you there. He's big, Rohan. Yeah, it, He's tall. He is, he'd, be a, he'd be a massive upgrade defensively in, in just in terms of skill and just sheer size. <laughs> I want a backup point guard taller than me. That's my new bar for the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. Is that a height flex, Ty? I'm I'm six foot one unofficially, and I just that's the new bar. Sorry, DJ Augustine. No disrespect to any short kings out there, but I'm looking for I'm looking for some height now for my Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, Ty, you got to go down to Menominee Nations Arena and try out for the herd. I know when they're back, maybe I'll have to. I've, I've been covering them. I think it's like against the rules. It's like you can't be a player coach. I don't think you can be a reporter player. But maybe I'll. Maybe I'll, they do have the tryouts. I don't go because I'm. I'm just really bad. And I don't want to embarrass myself. But I might have to we for the hashtag for content, the content soon. We should do it. I, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna be clearly the better player. But um, I, now now I'm gonna have to like train like a madman or something. Just to not be the first guy cut. It's it's like my West Matthews defense. It's like oh, it's no. principle. I want to be the second guy cut, not the first guy. <laughs> oh, it always brings it back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of I can't think of any other real trades off the top of my head here. It's it's difficult, like you mentioned, Eric. It's with the way that the Buck salaries are set up in terms of positional need. It's just it's sort of impossible to make like a real big impact trade. Maybe not like super massive because that's obviously impossible, but like sort of like a small-ish, medium-ish, like a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like maybe, maybe not a Woj bomb, maybe like a Woj firework uh, sort of trade. Like <laughs> it's, 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 it's difficult. Yeah. Here's my last question before I think we're about ready to wrap up here. And I want to throw it to Eric first. And thank you for coming on here and hanging out, Eric. It's been awesome talking Bucks with you. I think I know your answer to this. But let's make it a one-to-one trade so the Bucks only have one roster spot still and save a little cash. Brooke Lopez and two second-round picks for DeLon Wright. Yes or no? Ooh, 
Oh, man. Well, see, my only problem with this is... It like, really like, imbalances you, the roster position. Right, right. Yeah. So then you have to play... Like, what do you start at that point? Bobby? You start yeah. Bobby, maybe, and then... And that's what people want, is to start Bobby. I don't think... We've seen matchup issues where... And this might be on Bud more than it is on Bobby, but times where Bobby's just too small and he gets burnt in the post and he's... You know, that's just... That is what it is. Two second-round picks, and I'm not a big pick guy, so I think those I don't care about at this point. And maybe yeah. the NBA is going to impose a restriction on the Bucks that they are no longer allowed to tr- trade any draft picks. Uh, yeah, I think you got to <laughs> trade them before they get taken away at this point. <laughs> Use it or lose it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say no, just because I, I don't – I think it does, as you say, imbalance the roster a little bit. I think if you trade Brooke for somebody, you have to get – Either uh, if you really want to go down the PJ route, fine. But I think you need someone to replace him while he has declined. His presence is still notable in that he, not everyone's going to go at him. While you've seen some people go at him, there's still the notion of he is a threat to swat your shot into the third row if you do it wrong. You know, like that's. So I would say no, but I could be convinced. Okay, Rohan. I'm going to go with no on this one. It's mm. it's difficult. It's difficult. I think DeLon Wright would be great on this team like I just talked about. It's it's so tough because like you mentioned, it's just going to imbalance the roster to an insane amount unless unless there's another move already lined up yeah. on the buyout market. That's the only yeah. way that would be sort of defensible. If you do that and then start looking at your options, that's impossible. Like you can't do that. You cannot do that. But if you have like someone on a buyout who's willing to sign up to your team and you think would you know be a suitable replacement for Brooke Lopez, then sure, why not? Go for it. Make the upgrade. I think that would be a good move. But if you don't have anything else lined up, you can't do it. I agree that it's a conditional yes for me too. And whether it's a trade, I think a trade is probably probably more likely here than a buyout unless like Andre Drummond stuns the world and picks Milwaukee. And I'm not even an Andre Drummond guy, but like if you can get Andre Drummond for a vet min, I think you just, you just go ahead and get Andre Drummond and figure it out later. But yeah, I think, I mean, Brooke Lopez in two seconds for DeLon Wright in a vacuum. I think I really like it. It gets you off the Brooke Lopez contract. You get DeLon Wright in the door, which I think he's going to be productive and, and useful for longer, but there's no way I, even I, as high as I am on Bobby Portis and Diakite, I don't want the two centers on the roster to be Bobby Portis and Diakite. So even if it's a trade for a different, like a stretch four and not just a one. And I really think like, I, th- I think I like the initial trade here for Wright because I don't really want DJ Augustine and DeLon Wright on the roster with all these like Brent Forbes and um, even like Pat and all these, and Dante, all those, like so many similarly sized players that I don't want to play more than one or maybe two of them together at once. I guess Dante and, and any of those guys is fine. But I feel like any two of DeLon Wright, TJ Augustine, and Bryn Forbes, I'm not a fan of. So at that point, the roster just gets funky. I think DJ Augustine going out for DeLon Wright makes way more sense. I would do the trade if you had another move lined up that maybe a DJ Augustine trade somewhere else or something to bring in another big man that you can just slot in there for like 18 to 20 minutes a game and just get a solid big man. Like last night, I made fun of Alex Len after he flagrant and fouled Giannis for being picked fifth overall and being like literally the most average NBA center possible. Like he, especially in the modern game, like shoots some threes, but not a great shooter. He's big. He's a pretty good rebounder. Not great. Like he just does everything at replacement level. 
someone like that, if you could find a way to bring them in, I think would be perfect. It might be hard to do at this point. I think centers who can do a lot of things, they they don't get paid, but they're hard to find at this point in the season. So, yeah, I think it's tough. You'd have to have another move lined up. But I like the original trade a lot, and I would do that. Can I say real quick that that should have been a flagrant two based on precedent? I mean, you had the same carbon copy play with the same teams. You guys remember the Delhi Bradley Beal oh, like four yeah. years ago? He got It was the same play, and he got a flagrant two for it. Oh, what I forgot that's, about that. That is an amazing callback. Oh, that's incredible. Has that's ever... the first thing I thought. I was like, yeah. Has Giannis ever had a flagrant two call? I don't believe so. Oh, Ennis Cantor? Did he? Oh, I th- did Ennis Cantor get tossed? For- I think Cantor got tossed, or that might have been a second technical or something. I don't think it was a flagrant. We might have to look that one up. I feel like Giannis very rarely gets that. I, I was honestly surprised they even called it. I feel like he never gets oh, those calls. Even gets so at least they, I was like, <laughs> I know. I was like, at least it was a flagrant one, but I, I don't disagree at all, Eric. I think there's certainly a precedence there for catching the head neck area in like that kind of velocity, I think why not be safe for the yeah, play? Not like even that? just putting well, someone in a chokehold. Like <laughs> also that. Yeah. Also that, that should be discouraged. I, I'm going to put it side by side and just like, it was, it was so similar. I was like, Oh, instant flagrant too. If we're going to keep things consistent, but knowing officiating, that's never the case. No. Um, yeah. You gotta, like, you gotta tweet that. You gotta tweet that and tag friends I tweeted of the, the video last night, but yeah, I, I got to oh, side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Tweet the uh, side by side. I'm yeah, saying like, right. and, and tag friends of the bucks at NBA official. <laughs> Say, Hey, what do you guys think about this? He's going to get blocked. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Eric, great, great point. Thanks again for, for hopping on to talk yes, box with you. us. But I think, I think we're about ready to, uh, to wrap it up here. But a quick plug, since you came and hang out so, for so long, where, where are the people finding you and, and Buck's Lead all over socials and everything? Yeah, so on Twitter, I run the Buck's Lead account. And I'm also the – I run the general lead website at theleadsm.com. So we have not just Buck's Lead, but – trying to cover all 30 teams i think is the goal at some point we're getting close but yeah bucks lead was the first one a couple years ago started it and uh it's been really fun so yeah you can find me on twitter there and you can be on my personal too at eric tlsm and yeah thanks so much for letting me up here guys appreciate it absolutely man this is a fun room i like i like the new format rohan i think think we nailed it hats off to us i think this is going to be a great thing we're going to be doing this every single sunday everyone yeah assuming everything goes according to plan uh so we're, so this is the inaugural edition of buck stock radio i want to thank every single one of you who's here live and everyone who's listening to this later as a podcast thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the blue wire podcast network make sure you check out eric and lead bucks lead just make sure you check it out great content and once again thanks for hopping on eric Make sure you leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Tell all of your friends and family about the show. Stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.